That's going. Both, this going? Both are good. This one. This one. I, I can't really. Oh yeah, I can see. Welcome to season three of Garage Monologues, episode one, The Road to Citizenship. This year is going to be very, well, this season at least, we'll see about the year, very dedicated to my upcoming Road to Citizenship, which is that I actually own the domain for that. I got a logo made. We were going to do a whole video series on it, maybe even some documentaries. I had a lot of big plans. We've decided to bin all that and just talk about it on the podcast. So welcome to The Road to Citizenship. I'm going to put the logo on the screen if you're watching this on YouTube, just so it gets some playtime. We're going to play with it. It'll be fun. I'm joined today by Emily Guernsey, uh, a friend for years, a recent uh, employee of mine, coming along to help awesome. make everything possible and sane. And uh, Emily just went through her interview uh, with the French government as to whether or not she gets to become French or not. So a great place to start because it's fresh on her mind. Uh, she's new to the team. She's been a lot of fun to work with. She's just been a fun person to know for a long time. So that's where we're going to start today. And through the season of... The Road to Citizenship, we're going to try every French cheese over the course of five guests. So I hope you didn't eat lunch. Uh, We have a whole cheese board here, which I will put on the screen. If you're watching at home, I will try to post this on social media. Two of them are very melty right now because room temperature does them damage. Uh, And we're not eating literally all of them today. There are 67 protected French cheeses. We're doing this based off of, I actually decided to just be uh, simple and do this based off the Wikipedia page for it because I didn't want to get into the endless debates as to what was uh, real and not. Because there are thousands of French cheeses. But to read this into the record as we get started here, just so you know what we're going off of, we're doing protected designation of origin. Under the common agricultural policy of the European Union, sir, I'm reading this literally off of Wikipedia just so it's in the record and you know exactly what we're doing. And then we're going to start eating cheese and drinking wine because it's going to be the Frenchest season of my podcast ever. Under the common agricultural policy of the European Union, certain established cheeses, including many French varieties, are covered by a protected designation of origin or a PDO, and other less stringent designations of geographical origin for traditional specialties, such as the EU Protected Geographical Indication, the PGI, or the system... Oh, I added that or myself. The systems have largely replaced national systems, such as the French Appellation d'Origine Contrôlée system, as any cheese registered as a PDO or PGI cannot use the the designation AOC anymore in order to avoid confusion. French cheese production is classified under four categories. The PDO, PGI, and AOC rules dictate which category or categories projected the protected cheese may be applied to and then they go to explain those four categories are basically from a farm all the way to industrial it's a farm artisanal a cooperative and industrial that should get you up to speed as to which ones we're doing we're doing the ones that are protected under one of those designations including aoc cheeses and one lr cheese as i skip through this or two whatever lr is that's up here somewhere i don't see it we're just going to ignore it so i have a whole table here of french cheeses i picked one every fifth cheese on the list to get started with out of uh, uh, alphabetical order. And so we will describe them for you as we have them. And this way, by the time I get my interview f- to become French, I will be able to say, in all honesty, I have tried every French cheese. They will probably ask that. They, I doubt that they will, but I, they, they, at, least, at least I'll have it under my belt. So anyways, no further ado. That's quite the introduction. If you're listening to this uh, right away, thank you for being a patron and jumping on this live. And of course, to everybody who's listening after that, thank you for listening. I still appreciate it. And uh, I'm just grateful you're all here and hopefully along for the ride this year as I attempt 
to become French. With that, with no further ado, I've poured a French wine, a red wine. What do we have? We have a um, Chateau de Raspide. So this is a... Grave. Grave. I have no idea what we're about to drink. It's a red. Oh, it's a Bordeaux. Uh, hmm. Grave. There's not a lot I know. written on this bottle. It's a 2019 hmm. Bordeaux. Uh, it's red. It is going to be a very traditional bottle of wine, I've got a feeling. And it was a gift from my old guardian for Christmas. So I thought I'd share it with you today. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, that's nice. That's a loud clank. So Emily, uh, let's take a dive back. Let's actually start with our first cheese, which I think you're going to like out of all the mm. cheeses. I like the wine. This is Abondance, which is a cow cheese, and it's classified as a PDO for anybody who's actually keeping track of that. Okay, well, Joshua. Joshua's they keeping track, track of that. Of that. <laughs> yes. Okay, so this is a hard cheese. It's cow milk yeah. cheese. There you go. Thanks. You can just take a nibble. You don't have to eat all of it if you're if you're not uh, down to eat all the cheese. It's got a sharp smell. That's I would say that's quite mild. It is very mild. It has a sharper smell than a taste. Yeah. Oh. It was like a little zing at the very end. That's nice. Abondance. Put on the side of your tongue. Consider it tried. Emily, can you tell us a little bit about your story? You're an American mm -hmm. and trying to become French, but wh you, French. when did you come to France and why? I came to France in 2014. I graduated college in May, and then I came over for the TAPIF program, which is what a lot of TAPIF is, the teaching assistantship program in France, mm -hmm. and I came over for that in October, and I kind of stayed. How did you through stay? Through a series of events. I was going to say, because I... Well, I met a boy. That'll do it. <laughs> but he was American, mm -hmm. um, but he needed to stay an extra year to do some research, so we moved to Paris, and I got a job like nannying in Paris and went to French school, and then... I got into a master's, so when he went back to the States, I stayed in Paris. Mm. Great decision. And then I dropped the master's, went back to French school, and then eventually managed to like wrangle a profession liberal, mm -hmm. teacher de séjour, uh, for teaching theater. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I teach you a lot of theater, don't I? You do <laughs> a lot of theater. Profession liberal. Yeah. Teacher de séjour, um, which is kind of a miracle that they actually gave that to me, because... I don't, like, I don't know why the French decided they would give me... How long were you going to school before instead. you got it? I think I got it in 2019. Oh, so you've been here for a minute. Yeah. And you're yeah. able to work part-time with your student visa? Well, my student visa, yes, I could. And I was I was nannying at that point. Yeah. And then I didn't want to do that anymore, so I said, I'll get a visa to teach theater, and now I do all sorts of things and classify it under the umbrella of theater, public speaking. Yeah. Na -na 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 -na. Did you, yeah. when you, uh, that educational component, because that's usually the route, if mm -hmm. people, for younger people in particular, but that's usually the route that I would say is great it's to follow. Did you do school just like language school, or did you get a master's while you were doing that? I did language school. Okay. Because there's, at the time, and I don't know if it's still the same setup, but at the time it was known that you could use Campus Long okay. as your way to get a student visa without having to do a master's program. Campus Long, yeah, what's that? Yeah, Campus Long. You could just sign up for like a 20-hour full-time student course, and that would make you eligible for a visa. Right. I don't know if it still is. It might still be. If so, that's a hack. Yep. But um, yeah, no, that was my way in. And then I did the year of the master's, which was so awful, that I went back to the prefecture after that, and I said, can I 
go back to French classes because this master's went so terribly. And they were like, yeah, I guess you can have a visa for another year. Oof, yeah, student. dangerous. I, I literally said to them, my French isn't good enough, Oh, which was kind of true. You were supposed to test uh, DALF sea level to okay. get in. And yep. somehow I got in without ever taking a test. I, and then my I went to write my memoir, my thesis. Yeah. And I don't know if I've ever told you this. No. Um, I wrote like the whole 60 page thing on like street theater and along the way I was like, I think I should probably be talking to an advisor about this. Yeah. And, and I, you know, had my advisor's name. I sent her a few emails and then finally she emailed back and she was like, Emily, these are like great questions. I'm happy to sit down and talk to you about all this, but don't you think this would be a conversation that you should have with your advisor? You're like, well, what about advisor? Like, um, you're my advisor. <laughs> and at that point, it was too late, and I defended my thesis to a whole board of professors without having ever once met with an advisor. Ooh, how'd that go? Not well. Yeah. No, not well at all. I mean, I did it, and I'm proud of myself for getting in there and for writing 60 pages in French that is probably absolutely terrible. Right, but still, that's, um, yeah, that's yeah. impressive, and yeah. also that's <laughs> stressful. That's grueling. It was awful. So they said, you know, the, you know, that was kind of our fault as well, so if you want to come back next year, that's kind rewrite of your fault. thesis, like redo a couple classes, but not all of them. Mm. And I said, thanks, but no thanks. I think I'm done with Perry. Yeah, that's understandable. The reason that I bring up the Masters, let's, well, we can get to that here. The next one is a, uh, we're going to skip, we're going to go back and forth. We'll figure out the format here. This is a uh, Bleu d'Auvergne. And you're not, you're anti-blue, I believe. I'm not anti-blue. I'm just not putting it in my mouth. But uh-huh. you should. I understand. I used to be very opposed to the concept of blue cheese as a whole. And I've been converted to it. Beautiful. You don't want to give it a nibble just to see. It's the it's the it's the it's the feeling. It's, just think of it as salty. Mm. Mm. Maybe by the end of our chat, I'll feel brave enough to do it's it. It's pretty sharp, especially on the side of the tongue. Um, it's the sharpness that wigs me out. Mm. Even non-blue cheese, if it's too sharp. It, mm. I don't know well, what it is. Fair I don't enough. Know it's very it creamy. Oh. It's light. It's rich. It's really good. I would actually say this is this is really good. The abondance uh, was a way too mild for me. Mm-hmm. There's like not a lot of flavor. Kind of rubbery. The, the bleu is making up for that. Okay. Okay. If you want to try it later, you can let us know. I'll think about it. I'm the only one required to try everything. We can put it that way. Okay. And then participation. You'll just be is, disappointed. Participation is voluntary. Oh yeah, the disappointment <laughs> will mount with time. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um, My yearly review. The reason I bring up the masters lineup is because it's also for for those of uh, anyone listening who wants to get a visa to France it's a really good way to leverage your way into a working visa as soon as you get the masters right so you got lucky in being able to wrangle a professor in liberal which is like um well it's almost like an independent worker visa yeah, it's you know literally that um yep. but then the um the masters program basically automatically guarantees you that for a year and they love French masters, which also gives you a better chance of getting a job. And if you can get that job, that's how you can stay in France is the strategy for people. Which who was stay kind there. of the goal. I, I think that I got really lucky that they approved me for Provision Liberal because part of the reason for going for the masters would have been to have that sort of, it's like, a, it's like, um, not not a gap year but it's just like grace year yeah. right that you get after your second year of a master's and you it also means you can apply for French citizenship if you do two years of a master's you can apply after three years yeah. so it just brings you a lot of really great things um and that was part of the reason why i was going to do it but at that point it like, wasn't worth my like health it sounds like yeah it sounds like it was brutal <laughs> I mean, the situation you found yeah, but yeah. that's also the thing i think that all these all these situations even with education because there's a spectrum of experiences and i think that yeah, it, it can be grueling, especially if you end up in a program that's not supportive, where things are scattered. Um, it's not a guarantee. None of it's easy. Yeah. So it makes sense that you would that you'd pull out. And it worked out for you. It worked out for me. I got very lucky. Yeah. 
so far every visa process has been like not that intimidating. That's good. To go forward and renew it all. Um, there was one, I did cry once when the, the once very stern good. Frenchman looked at my files and he was like, you're a student, you're on a student visa. And I was like, yes, sir. And he was like, well, how are you also registered as an auto entrepreneur? So as a self-employed yeah. person. And I was like, I don't know what you mean. I needed to for a job. So I went on and I registered and voila. And he was like, no, no, no. Like legally, you're not allowed to have auto entrepreneur status on a student visa. And I was like, well, here I am. It let me sign up. So I did. Like, how am I supposed to know if I go online and I type in all my details and it gives me like the certification? Voila. And so he walked away to talk about it with a colleague and, he, and I cried and I like tried to get it all out of my system before he came back yeah. because I don't generally like to do that because it feels manipulative in those situations. But he came back and I was mid sob and he was like, no, don't worry, don't worry. He handed me a tissue. It's fine. Like, it's done. You did it. You pay your taxes. It's not a big deal. It's fine. <laughs> But in that moment, I was like, they're going to ship me. They're going to ship me back off to the States. And no. I've been doing something terrible. But I pay my taxes. And that's really what matters, I think. It, I think pay. it comes down to the taxes yeah. more than anything. Yeah, we'll find out. I'm, uh, I'm, not, I'm not worried about it with me personally. But I think now that it, things are also... I was auto-entrepreneur for first few years. And then because you're not allowed to um, declare expenses with that... Right. Yeah, you're not. And I did the Kickstarter that I did for my book pushed me over the limit of what I was allowed to earn, despite the fact that like most of that money was not going into my pocket. I didn't know that would count towards all income. So any revenue coming in counts towards your cap. And once you push past that, uh, they're like, this is your warning. You can't do it again. And if you do, you have to form a company. And there's no middle room in France. There's no good, like, you go from either being, like, the auto entrepreneur is, like, for side hustles. It's not really meant to be a business structure. And then all the business structures are, like, incorporating. Right. And incorporating in France is not, I'm incorporating, I'm, I'm opening, <clears throat> excuse me, a company in the U.S. with uh, Jeff to encapsulate the technology side of what we're developing here for the app. Mm -hmm. And I, I could probably get it done in five minutes and cost me 500 bucks and like bing, bang, boom, yeah. like add a little bit more for maybe getting an extra lawyer to look at it. But like, really that's it with the French system. It's mm -hmm. like, Oh, you want to open one? Well, you need to get a comptable and that comptable is going to charge you four to five grand just to get things moving. And you're like, yeah. so super expensive, such a pain in the butt. And then uh, everything just punishes you until you happen to be medium to large size in your business. So if you're a small business, like mm -hmm. I am, uh, yeah, they just treat you like you're a lot bigger than you are and punish you. So my concern is that because of that situation, I actually got a refund on my taxes last year. Okay, for how much? Which no, is no, great. I'll ask you that later. No, it was, yeah, he asked me that later. I'll let you know. Um, I do, I've thought about doing a video about what I earn and, and everything um, yeah. to make that public, but we can, we'll put that in context later. Um, but I made basically everything that I, Everything that I, a certain a chunk of what I paid, I got back um, at the end of the year. And that's actually kind of a concern for me that going into it, they're going to be like, you're, you're paying taxes, but we're giving it back to you. Yeah. I hope they don't care. Um, we will find out. Speaking of finding out, let's move on to our next cheese. To this, this little guy. Yep. Ooh. So the next cheese is Brillant Savaron. Brillant Savaron is uh, also How a cow. These have all been laid to uh, so you spell it uh, Bria, B-R-I-L-L-A-T, Savaron, S-A-V-A-R-I-N. Um, it is a burgundy cheese. And you said it's cow. And it is a cow cheese. Now, out of all and these cheeses, does it say if they are rind-eating cheeses or no? 
Because some cheeses you're meant say. to eat the rinds, and some cheeses you're not. I think not generally meant to eat rinds. the rind is uh, is safe to eat almost mm. no matter what. Except, I can't say this wrong now. There are I know there are some where you there's shouldn't. one because they're they're like traditionally and Josh has told me this a hundred times and I don't know if it's like Colte or what. But there's the kind that they roll along the ground. Yeah. And oh you're like yeah. Not so supposed to eat yeah. Don't that eat. One. Yeah. Depends but on how they're treated. I couldn't I either. Everything. So don't feel any shame in not eating it. I'll give you the flaky one so it's easier I'll for you not flaky. to. Yeah. The bread? No. This is a this Ooh. is a hard, a softer hard cheese. That's a nice texture. Yeah, that's like a. Oh. Or it's a harder soft cheese, really, when you get mm. into it. It's creamy. Oh, that's really good. Boom! That aerates really well. There is almost like a tiny tang as well, but it's not. Just a tiny bit. It's not a bad tang. It's not like a blue tang. This would be really good with like a uh, a fig jam on some bread. It's so smooth. I mean, everything would be so. With that texture, it could be goat. Yeah, it's very similar to a goat cheese, but smoother than a goat cheese. Oh, what did you do to your piece? Which one? <laughs> what did you do to it? I just ate. You didn't the, want I it. ate in between the rind. All right. Mm. I could eat the rind, but now after that whole conversation, like, ah. the cheese on the board. Just oh here. You, no, I don't. Do, do whatever you want to these these boards. They're they're here for that. And there are some pickles. I did for right. those of you that aren't watching this. I do have. Uh, I sliced up uh, a baguette tradition, mm -hmm. and uh, I have. Uh, uh, pickles. What are they called again? Cornichon. Planche so, professionnelle. So we're yeah, it's a it's a pretty solid planche. And I bought a new cheese board just so it looks all nice. Um, I just, just for you, at home watching this. Let's do a second. Let's do another one while we're on can this. Can you like highlight that pink or something? Well, because you like it so much. I love it. Okay, you're gonna you're <laughs> really, gonna you're gonna really know good. later, but I will highlight it pink in the board. You have access you. to this, by the way. Um, okay. And we'll post, I'll post a link to that list of cheeses in the description, in the notes. Um, and if I forgot to, feel, uh, make sure that I do. I then you want to keep going to the next one. Okay, so we're going to do the next one, which is a Normandy. It's also Les de Vache. This is a Camembert de Normandie. You oh, know, it's a Camembert. It's a Camembert, okay. so you're going to love it. I, this one's a safe I'm one. I'm going to keep blasting. So we're going to go ahead and I think I tried to separate this into two chunks. Oh, it's soup. It's Camembert. It is. Go ahead. So you can take that big chunk if you dunk. want. just going to dunk. Just dunk it. I'm just going to okay. dunk if you're okay with that. So I'm uh, totally fine. We're all good here. I'm gonna take a big. I'm gonna take a bigger chunk because I actually did. I tried not to get any <laughs> any samples on this, but this is a good camembert. Oh, she's fruity. It's definitely tangier. I did not have the right cheese to bread ratio mm. on that mm -hmm. one. That's really tangy. It's oh, a really tangy one. R raclette was originally right. on the list for today, but I opted not to do it because I don't have a raclette machine, and my my apartment already smells enough like cheese. Mm. I could have brought mine. I have one. We'll do it next time. We'll it out. It would have been heavy with all the other Cooper stuff. I'm going to need your um, help with this next time. Okay, I really liked it at first, but now the aftertaste of that camembert is kind really? of... Cut it with a pickle. It's like clear my sinuses pickle. out. I'm not a pickle. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> the pickle helps. It's not coming off well in this one. Yeah, um, you want to be French and you won't eat blue cheese mm, or cornichon. Or cornichon. All right. But I drink a lot of wine. Oh, that makes up for and it. And you'll... I mean, you'll, and like when I'm done with this glass, my whole... My lips are going to be... Perfect. Painted red. The, the wine's actually not bad. No, it's really good. Yeah, I like it. I've been, I've been turned on to nat wine a lot, and so whenever I go back to like traditionally produced wine, it, 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 it's there's such a big difference. Yeah. So I'm always a little now. I'm, I've, I realize I'm a little biased, and so I was like, oh, we'll see how this is. No, it's good. I like it. I'm 100 percent biased. We only drink natural wine, and this is this is light. Actually, it's really it's really light. It's really smooth, mm. and I find that like the traditional Bordeaux's now, I don't really like them because no. they feel like much weightier, mm -hmm. um, and I feel like heady. With them the next day. I would say Bordeaux has lost points over. for me over time too, but mm -hmm. this one's good. This one's really good. Okay, so we've right. done those cheeses. Um, should we do one more cheese and then continue? Absolutely. Yeah, right, let's do one is more. This is a chev. Uh, <clears throat> this one is a chev. You can tell because it's rolled up like that. But you did choose a sheep as well somewhere in here. Uh, oh, actually, this one? is a cow cheese. 
that's going to be the sheep, isn't it? No, that's the camembert. Let me find. Let me highlight this across the way. So this is a charolais, and uh, I, it's actually there's a missing. We don't know what it is. I think it's a goat cheese, but it's not listed uh, for some reason. This little lady charolais, and I believe this is actually in the the charolais family. This isn't the exact cheese that is listed here, but the cheesemonger. Didn't have it, so this is a. Well, close I trust the cheesemonger if he says it. He said it's the same thing; it's okay. just different. So, anyways, if you want to take a, a, a chunk. Now, I recently. You can just break off. You want to do a broken? Yeah, is that what you want? Okay, there you go. I recently started to like goat cheese. Yeah. It was something that I didn't like for most of my life. I still do need to put it on bread. Um, but then I discovered those kinds that you get in the really, really nice cheese stands that are like crusted with like yeah. red pepper and herbe de Provence. With a little olive oil over it, and that's how I got started. You gotta get started somehow. This is this smells really good. Just a little nibble, creamy, thick. It's really dense. That's fair. Oh, has a little tang to it, but this is this is pretty mild. It's not offensive at all. No, (laughs) it's not getting canceled. No, I like that one. Oh, it's good. I have nothing else to say about it. Yep, I've had it. We've tried it. It's nice. Yep. We can become French now. So, I guess what the question is, and mm. everybody has a different answer for this with the overlap, but like for you, and we can talk about more about like your experience doing theater here in Paris. Um, I guess what, gra- but the question is, there's two separate questions. Why Paris? And also, why go through the process of becoming a French citizen? Why nationalize? Fair. Um, Paris was an accident. Because I came with that ex that wanted to study here and hated it. I didn't like Paris when I visited it in high school or college, both times. I was like, this is an overwhelming city. The metro freaks me out. I hadn't discovered your videos and absolutely hated it. They didn't exist yet. I don't even know if they existed yet. No. Actually, no. My first videos about Paris, my first like metro video was 2012, I think. So So it would have existed. I've been... You've been at it a long time. Doing this for a long time. <laughs> Too long. Anyways, continue. Um, so, but then by the end of the whole like master's fiasco, I'd grown to definitely like it as my own city. Yeah. And I think after that ex and I broke up and I was like hitting Paris really on my own, creating community and friends and all of that, then I was like, okay, this is a, this is a really great place to be. Uh, there's a lot of creative stuff happening. It's great. It's It's a little bit, I think it's a little bit big for me now, now that we have a dog that wants the countryside and a husband that wants the countryside and myself, you know, we'll be thinking about maybe relocating, but it served me well for what, like seven, eight years at this yeah. point. That was a really great city. Um, I don't remember the second half of that question. So that's Paris, but then why yeah. Why nationalize? Why, or I don't know if we said, not nationalize, but why? Uh, <laughs> Is that the right I word? I said that twice now. <laughs> yeah, but why, why naturalize? Why become um, a citizen? You know, she did ask me this in the interview, too. Why do you want to be French? And I had a very eloquent answer. That's good. Um, But what's the honest answer? I think, no, the honest answer is that it's, I do feel like it's the only place I've been a grown-up. Yeah, okay. Because I graduated in 2014, and I moved here three months later. So this is the only place I've ever lived on my own, um, casually dated, Mm. opened an association, um, Worked self-employed, worked under contract, declared my taxes, paid my income tax, like all of that stuff I've only ever done in France. I wouldn't know how to do 
all of those things in the States, which sounds kind of crazy. Yeah. I wouldn't know how to like exist as a functioning adult. Um, and I didn't say it in this many words to the woman, yeah. but I was basically like, I feel like I belong. So it'd be nice to actually belong yeah. um, and to vote. Cause I still vote at the elections at home and I'll never stop doing that as long as I'm a citizen. Yeah. We, we need it. Um, but I would like to be able to have a say in what happens here, considering this is where we've chosen to put down our roots and like eventually have kids and all of that. Um, and then another big part is, and I told this to her, and I hope it didn't come off as like wanting to benefit from the system, but the healthcare system here uh, is literally a reason to move, as yeah. it is with a lot of European countries. Because uh, when I was in college, I don't know about you when you were living in the States, I would just not go. The just doctor? not go to the doctors. I would wait until I was really, and I was really, really sick. I can Quite stop a few this times bleeding myself. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that I got mono in college and didn't go until I could actually, like, peel off the top layer of my tongue and then I was like I should go to the emergency oh, room yikes. terrible and and I came over here I was like it's only 25 euros if you don't have insurance to go and just get a checkup if you don't feel yeah. good um and I but I the way I phrased this to the woman that was interviewing me who was really really wonderful um is I was like I feel like because I pay well, it was a, it's it was 24 percent. it's down to 22 now I pay 22 percent of what I make to this socialized system yeah I feel like I can benefit from it without feeling like I'm taking where I shouldn't take from yeah. you know you give and you take you give to the state the state gives back and hopefully that was enough of an answer to convince her that it wasn't just I hope so but like medical tourism is that what it's called but that is a thing yeah well, but yeah but no, as long as you're paying your taxes it's, you're not when a tourist. you live here for eight years nine yeah, years at some point yeah that. that's a long stint of being a tourist well it's we were mm. joking about that how like i think it was the algerian protesters like one of the guys had a sign that said the only reason we came here was for the carte vital <laughs> and it's like it's true like i can see it that only takes a lot like of people. six years to get it though <laughs> right well there are a lot of people that really they just want they they do really want the health care and it is mm. it is famously good but under a lot of strain so we'll see how that goes in the future but yeah, I know. with that that's good but tell us a little bit about like the the what what is that like because like for me so i've got i'm in a place now where i've gotten most of my paperwork done but i'm waiting for my freshly printed apostilled birth certificate which hopefully that's shows up oh gosh it's so yeah. great i had to get so for those of you that are curious about this like there's a lot of paperwork you have to do in there you basically just you're becoming french so they want you they want everything so they want your parents birth certificates their marriage mm -hmm. certificate uh your birth certificate any relevant death certificates which thankfully i don't have any to turn in mm -hmm. and then you have to get it verified that or, uh, you know that it's that it's real which here you'd get it notarized, but if it's an international document, you have to get what's called an apostille, which is different between every country. And so, but you also have to get a freshly printed anything. So the French want, for the for that stuff at least, it has to be within three months, um, including like an FBI background check and whatever else. But I think that the FBI background check doesn't have to be three months. Does not. Yeah, well, that, that it one- It will be for you. Apparently probably. I could have just used the one that I used when I first moved here. Yeah, I did. I did not know that. Um, and so I got a new one done. Oh, and guess what? Sorry. Still not a convicted criminal. Um, and I so, didn't know that. I would have. Oh, man. Nothing on my rap sheet. All right. What can you say? And so I got that. What I had to do is I had to get a new birth certificate sent mm -hmm. to me. And I got it sent to my sisters in California while I was there. And then turned that directly around and sent it right back to Washington State to get it apostilled. Mm -hmm. And then they didn't respond to my question about where to have it sent until I'd already sent it in. And they said, you should probably get it sent to a family member and then sent on to you because we're just sending it by first class mail. There's no guarantee it'll make it to you. And now I'm waiting for it to come in first class mail. So we'll see if it makes it. Which I believe it will. Most things don't disappear. But if it doesn't, we get to start that all over again. Yeah. Uh, no, so it will. It'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. So we gather all the documents and then mm. you submit them. And yeah. then 
six-ish months later, in Paris at least, because it's pretty fast. The seven for you? Okay, so six to eight months later, mm-hmm. I've heard varying stories. You get uh, an email saying, hey, you need to come in for an interview, or you got a phone call. No, I got a snail mail and only a snail mail. Oh, that's good to know. They could do either. They could do both. Wow. So religiously check both. address you gave them. Because I never got the mail confirming that I my dossier was good. Yeah. I submitted it. Um, and you have to do snail mail still in Paris. I got a phone call maybe the next day saying, your dossier is complete. We have a question about one of your addresses, but that will be addressed in the later communication. But other than that, your dossier is complete, which I was incredibly proud of because that's quite rare yeah, well to done. get it on the first try. Well Thank done. you. Thank yeah. you. The things that I am proud of these days. That's a good thing to be proud of. Um, but there was more to bring in later. And then she was like, you'll get, um, you'll get something in the mail with like your numero or whatever the suivi de yep. dossier never got it of course emailed them a few times over the summer they're like don't worry about it. like you'll get contacted no, 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 no. but because i never got that first one i was scared that i would never get my convocation right for the rendezvous right so i emailed them like i could say once every other month until finally they were like someone will contact you in the next 30 days period like a conseiller has like, been assigned to your case like stop <laughs> stop sending me emails and then thankfully i got it um i think about three days before we left for winter vacation which was great because the rendezvous was two and a half weeks later yes because you also cannot change that right like you they give you a date and you've got to show up i think you can i think if you need to you can change it like but you have to prove you needed to change it right yeah and for me i would have been able to because i was in the uk but we managed to that would work you think being being overseas would work I think if they let you know after your stuff is booked, I mean, mid-December, I yeah. you have to assume that people... I was shocked that I found me, out... I'm assuming I'm going to just have to, like, yeah. book a flight back from wherever I am if it happens, you know, like... But you su- when you submit your dossier, think about the months that you don't travel that, like... I'm not saying that it's... Well, you said is reasonable. I'm not saying that they're going to be reasonable about it. I... And also with all the, like, missed... Like um, communications, like I don't know that I would trust. The I would. That's process. the thing is, I wouldn't want to do it. I wouldn't. Yeah. I would be stressed that I wouldn't get another convocation for like three months. But I've. I know that people have done it. People have missed their rendezvous and also gotten another one because they never got the email or whatever. Yeah. Um. So just check religiously, and there's an email to check in. I don't know if you have it. You can take the one that I emailed pestering Oof. them and just check in from time to time. If six, seven, eight months go by, you're <sighs> allowed to contact them at that point. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> well, you clearly contacted them plenty before that, so yeah. it worked out. And she told me I'll hear back in the next year, which seemed like a long time. And then yep. she said that the Minister de l'Intérieur is working efficiently these days. Yes. So they it have a good should be more that. like seven to eight months. Yeah. But she actually gave me permission. She was like, don't contact me before six months from now. But a partir de six months, yep. you can contact me. And if a decision has been made and you haven't been notified, I'll be able to tell you at that point. Well, that's good. Which is very kind of her. That is nice of her, yeah. Because then then usually said, you're just left in the dark. Yeah. And she said if you get if you get any notification in the next three weeks, four weeks, if you get a letter in the mail, it's not good news. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's good. Well, that's good to know. At least you can if you get past a month or two, then you'll be fine. The other thing, yeah. well, the way that you find out usually is either by seeing your name pop up in the journal, mm-hmm. right? Or you get a notification saying, Thanks for enrolling to vote. That's oh, how Jess really? found out because she got a letter that. and that's an earlier episode if you'd like to listen to uh, my conversation with Jess about becoming French. But she found out because like the day we were going out for lunch and that day she got a letter saying like, hey, thanks for enrolling to vote. You're, you've been added to the rolls, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you, 
does this mean I'm a citizen? That's like, mad. I was like, yeah, you can't vote without it. Like, that has to be it. And so she still didn't know for sure for another, like, couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. But that was the flag that went up where it was like, oh. I haven't heard of that. That's the first person yeah. I've heard of. Most people, they just see their name in the J-O. Yeah. Or someone else is like, I saw your name. I don't know why other that's, people are subscribed uh, to it and checking that's it. That's great. But, people will be checking. That's yeah. really exciting. Okay, speaking of yeah. exciting, on to the melty cheese here. Well, yeah. This one, this one is going to be really fun. Okay, so this is Epoise. Epoise is a Burgundy cow. Uh, it's a Burgundy cow. It's a Burgundy cow. Is no cows it, came is, this in is taken, Burgundy. Oh, this this cow came from came in Burgundy. <laughs> if I let, if uh, you can have any cow, any color of cow you want, as long as it's Burgundy. That was a really rough, a rough Ford misquote. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna scoop some of this up. So this is cow. This is cow. I think it came this... in like a little extra plastic sheath to keep it in the shape that I bought it in. This is so melty. It's the super melty. Only cheeses I've ever had. I'm gonna, gonna dip. dip. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna dip on this one. I'm gonna go back for more. The only cheeses. I've ever had that are this melty. Mm-hmm. I think for the rest of these cheeses, we should be banned from using the word tangy because we've used it for almost every cheese so much. far. But after saying that, a lot of the melty ones tend to really be tangy. Yeah, it's going to be so. tangy. My, my, my vocabulary for describing this is going to run into some barriers, I have a feeling. Definitely smells a little bit like wet dog. Mm. Uh-oh. It's good. Um... It's really, really smooth. The rind is kind of funky. It's kind of salty. It has like um, there's gonna be a lot of pauses as we think, I guess, in this episode. Um, oh, the funk really adds up over time. Goes right up the nose. It's amplified by the wine. It's got like if you if you um if you're ever gonna relate. Uh, cheese to stinky feet. The after smell slash taste of this is a little bit on the stinky feet side. Cheese. That's a foot cheese. That is a foot cheese. If that you're not is, into that, you're not into that. I wouldn't list it as my top 50. Okay. Um, but you didn't hate it? Your face said you kind of hated it. Well, top 50 it doesn't make, so. <laughs> Out of 67, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty low. <laughs> pretty low on that. I, I, I had to think about that. Okay, so. What did you just take? I you took t- a you're chunk moving of, right I'm, on. I'm moving along okay. to the next cheese, which is a little bit gooey. A little bit well. gooey, but doesn't look as gooey. I feel like this one's going to be a little bit so less. This one also has a soft rind. This one came in a similar... This is long, long. So it's kind of like... It sounds like long, which would be the anchor, but it's with a G, mm-hmm. long. Um, it's from Champagne. It's from Champagne. It's also a cow cheese. This is funny because part of it looks similar to this one, which was the what, what? Uh, the texturing of the rind, the, yeah. Not it's the got green. an orange rind on it. But then, the, yeah, the rind looks like the one we just had, but the center looks like the really, really smooth one we had earlier. So yeah. I'm curious. Well, we're about to find out. You take such big portions. I'm going. I'm, I'm in this to win this. Ooh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Has a like a fruity mm. taste to it. Mm-hmm. I can see fruity, but like red, red fruit. Oh, that one's nice. I think that one's nice. But I just had the little hard bit there, so let me grab a little. A little bit of a that's good. I know we're not supposed to say tangy. But also a little tangy. Um, Jay, I'll let you slip up once on that. Oh, God. No! That's one. It's hard to do this one-handed. Yep. Want me to hold something there for you? Got it? I I can hold something. I got it. Oh, sorry. Pass your blade first. You got it? Okay. Mm -hmm, The last one we'll do right now is a famous, is a a well-known one, one of my favorites. Mm, Really? You you probably know what it is just by Mm, looking at it. Is it Mimolette? Yeah. Vieux, Mm. and I bought Vieux Mimolette. So this is old Mimolette. I think it's 24 months. Mimolette originates from... uh, uh, Nord Pas de, what is this? Nord Pas de Calais. Oh. Which is interesting. 
But what is the thing about So Mimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimim
And we were there basically to plant. We planted a few like, flower beds. We sang. We, I think we weeded. We weed whacked their graveyard, things like that. It was really great. Okay. Um, and the thing I remember is we were in this new country trying all this new food. Uh-oh. And on one of the nights, the people of the town came out with this big like vat of mac and cheese. Oh. And you can imagine these like 15, 16-year-old American kids like, Yes, <laughs> mac and cheese, please. Because we had been you know, trying new things, um, most of which were delicious, but still not comfort food. Of course. And so we loaded up, and I just remember I dug in and took this huge mouthful, and it was very, very tangy <laughs> cheap cheese. And it wasn't creamy, not that it needed to be to be good, but it was the cheap cheese that just like oh, smacks you in the face. Fresh, too, because obviously this would have been local local sheep and ever since then i've just not really been able to approach sheep cheese with the same open spirit happens one would say. But you just you just dove in and it was good yeah no that was great and it was really good that I, trip gave me a lot of other things i mean i love a good caviar d'aubergine thanks to that you no? know so well i don't know what 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 in our descriptions are helpful about this but it was it was a uh, hard cheese that was still light and kind of crumbly mm-hmm. um it definitely filled the mouth like the flavor profile was really broad uh, I, I'm not a trained, you can tell I'm not trained to do this, but this is how no, I would no, describe no. it. I think fill the mouth is what they teach you at cheese school. I'm sure. I should have gone to cheese school. I'm sure there is a cheese school. Honestly, it's like a step away from cheddar. Cheddar. Like a sharp cheddar, but it's, um, it's a milder flavor for sure. It's, it's a lot, soft. yeah, it's a lot more mild. Soft, and you can't get a good cheddar over here. Actually reminds me of, uh, that actually really reminds me of like a cheddar. That's weird. Like a crumbly sharp cheddar, but. <clears throat> but not sharp mm. and a little smoother. Would you melt it on a piece of toast? I would totally try that. Okay. Maybe make some nachos with it. Yeah. See what happens. Ooh. I've made nachos with Mimolette before. How was that? It's good. It's really? an interesting experience. Yeah. How, but good and interesting experience are two separate things. Well, it's things. interesting because it's like it really hardens. Like it doesn't yeah. stay melty. So you melt it and then it's like rock solid in place. So it makes some really crackly chips and it's a little sweeter. Yeah. So, it is. and it's definitely more expensive. So it's, um, but it's, it's really good because you don't want to thing is what they make them with here. We're this is a total divergence, but nachos as I love them in France, if they're going to make them, they're going to make them with like Emmental, which is like the worst cheese to make nachos with. Cause it's just, it's essentially fairly bland and it's a long, oh, far cry from what you're looking for. From yeah. Nachos. It's more Swissy if anything else. Yeah. So, uh, I've had to experiment with my own attempts and that one's landing on my list of things to experiment with. Cool. For sure. Although you can buy some good British cheddar cheese here now. So you, you're not but you can, it. but since Brexit, it's, much harder to find. They took the good ones. Monoprix had a couple different options, and now there's only one. Yeah. It's not so good anymore. Like, you can't find any in Franprix unless it's the pre-sliced ones. Casino has two that are really good. Okay, that's good to know. I don't even know. There must be a casino. There's only, like, three casinos or four casinos in Some town. smaller bodegas have the little ones, the little, like, yeah. Godminster okay. ones that are yep. covered in wax, but you have to just kind of find the ones. But it's hard to find, like, a good... Like a U.S. cheddar a as well. They kind of melt really well. Really yeah. yeah. And, um, no, it's hard. But you can buy the hamburger cheese everywhere. Oh, gosh, The, yeah. the crappy orange hamburger cheese, and that will melt. That'll melt. That'll melt. You're looking for something to melt. Yeah. So... Uh, before we go on to the next ones, tell us tell us a little bit what was the because the, the the interview you have notes which is great. I just wrote down as many questions as I could remember, and I still think I missed a few. Probably how long did the how long did this because it's a conversation in the prefecture, mm-hmm. which is not how I imagine it. So you're in a room with a lot of other people. It's it's basically like a cubicle office space, mm-hmm. except a little funkier because they don't like traditional 
cubicle vibes in the and they just redid do the they? place right so but it's similar to the visa stations yeah. where but you're just not all in a line it's like a little pocket okay pocket 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 okay. um and it was pretty empty i could hear a few other conversations happening but i didn't feel like people were listening in on our conversation or anything and i was in there for about 45 minutes which i th- i think was a little bit long yeah that sounds I think from what i've read on the facebook group i feel like 30 okay. to an hour is what i've heard i was expecting 30 yeah but i've read as short as like 15 minutes which wow. i don't know how that can be possible if you have documents to hand in but maybe some people aren't asked for more documents but i had a whole list of other things that i needed to like what excuse me she stuff that i already had so um i think it was another Photo of my passport and teacher decision, okay. which was fine actually because I had I got a new passport, yep. so I was able to pass her that information. Um, they needed my da, 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 my not the chief d'affaires. What is it called? Relevé de compte. Okay. So if you need to submit this, know this in advance. You're going to have to contact URSAF yeah. or whatever your business is for the last. You have an actual business, so yours will be a bit different, I'm sure. Um, and you can just probably get this from your accountant. Yeah. But a relevé de compte, you can go directly. If you're an entrepreneur, you can download that from your account, but it's only the last year. Yeah. And you need it for the last three years. And yeah. I couldn't get a hold of them because it was holiday break. I... Yeah, because my interview was on the second, so I called them the morning of the second, and I was like, could you just send me this quickly, because sometimes they can do that really quickly, and she was like, actually, with Ursaf, with this one, that's a manual process, <laughs> so we can't get it to you today. I was like, it's fine, it doesn't matter, but it's very, very French. Yeah. Um, so I just told her I only had the one year, and then I substituted all of my declarations, all of my okay. monthly declarations from the previous two years. And I said, I don't know if this is good or not, but my other documents are coming. And she was like, that's fine. Just email them to me when you get them. So I did that yesterday. And I also didn't have our act de mariage because I had to declare that I got married because yep. I submitted the dossier before I got married. Uh, yeah. um, and so I sent that to her this last week too. I do amend that, yeah. But she was great. She, she wrote that the dossier was complete even okay. though she didn't have those two final documents. Yep. She said I could just email them, it's which nice. is really nice. Very nice. Um, and that took probably probably 15 minutes or so. Did you feel like she was in your corner? Yeah, she was really nice. Yep. I felt like maybe she had partied a lot on New Year's Eve. That's uh-huh. what I felt. Yeah. Um, she seemed, she was definitely a bit younger than me. She was really nice. But she seemed almost a little bit distracted. Yeah. And I did finish her sentences for her a couple times because <laughs> okay. yep. she was like searching for the right word. In asking you questions? No, she'd be like, um, and like, um, in addition to like, I don't know, your chief d'affaires, I'll also need your, 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 and I'd be like, relevé de compte. I'd kind of fill uh, it yeah. in. So, I mean, it was the 2nd of January. Hey, there was not. Can't be rough for some of us, for sure. Yeah. I was flying across the world. So you, you then like, what was your, what was the actual conversation like that you had with her? Did she go through like a list of questions or did she just talk to you? Well, so she said, she was like, so now I'm going to ask you some questions on your like integration into into France, yep. and she asked. Um, I think she started with why do you want to be French, which I told her basically what I told you earlier, and um, she asked a little bit about like the hobbies that Joshua mm-hmm. and I have together, to which I said cycling, and made sure that I said the big cycling trips we've done like along the Loire and yep. uh, from Bordeaux to Montpellier when we did the Canal de Midi, Canal de Garonne yep. a couple years ago, just to like say hey look look at look what I do I travel your country and and then she asked which I was surprised she asked what cities I'd visited and I went to say like three or four and she just didn't cut in so I listed I just kept going and I've been here for eight years like I've I've visited so many cities in France and so many small towns 
And finally, I was like, you know, once I got to the little ones, like, Montalban was so mirror, I was like, can I stop? And she's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, And then she asked the same thing about European countries. Yeah. And so I was just listing off all the countries and cities I've been to in Europe as well, which felt a little excessive. Yeah, yeah. Um, but at least I guess shows interest in being a part of the yeah, 100%. Know, European Union or community or whatever. Um, what else did she ask? She asked, she asked about the duvi. So I would really study this one, the okay. Liberté, Egalité, Fraternité. Right. But she asks for in-depth descriptions of what all three of them are. Oh, interesting. And you will get a link. I can just send you the link to that. There's the a docu- page yeah, that has Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah. It's not in the... Oh, it's a different one. It's different than the Livre de Citoyen. Oh, okay. I think. It's a little bit more detailed. Um, and to me, it was a little bit confusing. And I studied this the morning of thinking she could ask it. So I was really glad that I did. But I found it difficult because what was listed under liberté and égalité. Right. So liberty, freedom, and uh, brotherhood are the three principles of the French Republic. Liberty, yeah. Would you say that well, equality, egality is equality? Would that be freedom? Égalité. Oh, well, liberty, liberty is freedom. Égalité. Yeah. Wow, sorry. No, but that li- liberty, no, that's a better way of putting it. Liberty, equality, and yeah. brotherhood. Yeah, that's a better way Just of putting it. Just in there. But, the, but between liberty and equality... That's the American in me translating that. And, well, and exactly. Yeah. yeah. And in my head, I was thinking about that as well. And we have pretty much the same concepts. Yeah. But we, I guess file them slightly differently sure so i have all of those concepts in my head but i would file something else under liberty under under right. freedom instead of equality um and i honestly i couldn't give you an example right now of what i'm thinking of um maybe the whole but she seemed to innocent until presumed and in, presumed innocent until proven guilty okay was under the opposite one that I had expected it to be, for example. Okay, okay. But again, everything was in my head. And then, of course, she asked. She asked for in-depth details. And I, for all of them, I gave her probably about half of what was listed on the sheet. And she was like, yeah, that's great. And oh, also like this, this, and this. So she would also fill ah. in the blanks. But it wasn't like, hey, right. what else? She what definitely else? was helping you out. Um, so you know what else will like, help you out? A little more wine. Yeah. Um, and then the fraternity... <clears throat> Sorry, the fraternité one was was like no problem because that's kind of just your devoirs. It's what your expectations as a citizen are. So like helping your country out in time of war, paying your social taxes, mm-hmm. um, supporting your local football team. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Okay, let's let's continue this after we we're gonna get through the rest of these cheeses really quick. Perfect. So the next Beautiful. cheeses we're going to do are, the first one is the um, Pouligny Saint-Pierre. Is that goat? Pouligny Saint-Pierre is, uh, is goat cheese. Yes, yes. It looks like it looks really From the Centre Val de Loire. The mm, next three mm. cheeses are Loire cheeses. So that's where I spent the first year of my life in France. Ah, that's where you did Tapif? I was in... You know I did Tapif in uh, Nice, right? I Sure, I'm the sure first, I The first, My first in 2007, 2008. This thing is like a pyramid of cheese when I cut into it. And you just took everything but the rind there. Which, maybe we don't eat the rind on this one. I'm not sure. Now I'm not so sure. I feel like it's a little bit rubbery. It's kind of rubbery. That's really nice. I like that a lot. Again, super mild. It's very smooth, very mild. Mm. Really creamy. I was still in high school. With just a touch of zing. Because I can't say tang. Please lick all of your fingers again. (laughs) Just making sure. Got to get the wine off my glass, too. I got a little spillage there. That's good. Mm. I did like that one. Yeah, the yeah, aftertaste is definitely very goaty. It's funny. You seem to have quite a range of... Cheeses? Inoffensive. Like, almost to the point of being, like, really, Blands. really mild. Right. And then you've got, like, a couple of those ones. The brain cheeses. 
And there don't seem to be very many that any are straddling cheese, Any the cheese line. that looks like a brain and it's sweating and is going to be is gonna be a stinky cheese. Just going to let you know that right That now. is another thing. This that was that, another thing that, that I was, ate in Romania. That was that. A stinky brain, sweaty cheese. Bit of pig brain. Yeah. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, kind of I had a good time. Kinda. So this one had a, like a straw in the middle of it. A sh- that's ash, right? Around, around like, the outside? Uh, yeah, I'm guessing we wouldn't eat the rind on this one. Oh, mm-hmm. I should tell you what this one is. But it had a plastic straw in the middle that I had to cut through, and then I pulled it out. Um, what does that mean? That's what they rolled it around, I guess. And so we can ask somebody who knows more than we do. But this is a uh, saint Maure de Touraine. saint Maure de Touraine is uh, also a Val de Noir, and it is also goat. Touraine. And I'm just going to take a nibble out of the center, I think. Oh, it's a, it's much harder, isn't it? It's hard. Yeah, fairly. Yeah, it's very nicer. firm. It's still kind of creamy, but definitely like really, really firm. It's like it gets creamier along the closer to the rind. You get tempting. This one's a little stronger. Still pretty mild. That's good. A little stronger, but still. Yeah, still pretty yeah. mild. Surprising. So I don't know where I got this assumption, but I've always thought that the ones that have ash involved are stronger. Yeah, but maybe that's just I pulled that out of my butt. I have no idea. Mm. I, know, I don't have that association in my head. But what do I know? Okay, our last one. More than I know. I think in regards cheese. Uh, well, I, I appreciate the vote of confidence. Is um, sel sur cher. Sel sur cher. I don't know if this is the most expensive cheese or not. I wish I would have seen that. I'm going to eat the rind on this one. This looks like a very edible rind. It has a stronger smell. It has kind of a honey, a honey-y smell. Does that look like an edible rind? Oh, I ate it. Wait, sorry, you said this is also good? It's also goat. So it's also fairly mild. I think the, the strongest flavor is coming from the rind, actually. I chose to kick off your um, cheese season with a bit of a picky eater. I, I randomized. I didn't say that. Yeah, well, I'm sure they still heard you. Picky eater, just... It's okay. We'll I see. So there might, I might have a guest on who refuses to eat any of it. Who knows? But I will eat them all. That's pretty good. Generally unimpressed with that one, to be honest. Mm, I don't think that one's... The last one. That one almost feels a little chalky on my tongue. Like, it's not quite moist. Yeah, it's pretty dry. (laughs) dry That's why I ate the pickle, I guess. I definitely went straight Mm. for a pickle on that Mm -hmm. one. Pickles can really make a difference. Mm. I actually need a spill water for this one. Oh, really? It's really chalky on the left side of my tongue. No. Just the left. It's a right brain cheese. Mm-hmm. Makes the left. Wow, you knew exactly how I was. Oh, I get yeah. it. <laughs> uh, okay, so then the last one is going to be a Tom de Pyrénées. And I love Tom in general. Tom is a hard cheese. This is yeah. a cow cheese. This might be, this. he marked this one differently. So this might not actually be Tom de Pyrénées. I think it is actually. I think it is. Let me look. Because I think it had a different Tom originally. This picked. is cow? Mm-hmm. No, but I think this one might be the one that he switched and it might be goat. Does yeah, because it looks, does it doesn't like look like... Oh, it smells really good. What do you think? Taste it. Cow or goat? I don't know, but I love it. I'm not sure either, but it's a little tangy. <gasps> oh, you. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, <laughs> if I stay quiet, will you keep going? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, um, no, it's really good. This is, this is really good. I love it. Um, it's very full flavored. Like it's definitely vibrant. Has like an acidic quality to it. Acidic. That's a good word to replace tangy. Um, it. That's mm. very pleasant. 
that's very that. pleasant. That hits a lot of notes. Mm-hmm. It's very satisfying too because it's softer oh, yeah. than a tom usually, so that makes me think maybe yeah. it is a goat cheese. That's why I'm thinking it could be goat. Usually, I feel like I'm able to tell right away if it's goat. Okay, goat. I have to ask them for sure what this was because it's marked <laughs> on the cheese. He marked it as tom de Pyrenees, but there was another note on it, so it might be like the the goat. I don't know what's going on here. This is really good. What a nice surprise. I mean, I always love Tom, but... I more of the creamy stuff from earlier. For those of you um, curious, too, mm-hmm. Tom is spelled T-O-M-M-E, and it is an option that you'll see often when you're here as a cheese on burgers. If you ever yes. want to get a Tom burger, highly recommend you go for that. It's really, really good. It's a really good option to really dive into super, super French cheeses without jumping off the cliff into, like, the blues. If you're yes. If you're not as... Adventurous. Yes, exactly. If you're not as adventurous, um, it's a way to still get a little bit away from the traditional sort of Comté Brie Camembert, which everyone's kind of used to and is available in the States or all over the world. I mean, I'm sure you can find Tome at home too, but... Probably, but it'd be, it'd be expensive. A little more expensive, yeah. That'd be, ooh, that was good. This is a good planche. We just made our way through the planche. Yeah. So to finish the... Um, but with the interview then, you mm. it sounds like you just kind of rolled through... Do you want to just list off all the questions, yeah. I guess, that you remember that she asked you for anybody curious? She asked me what the name of the hymn, national hymn was. I thought you said the, the name Marseilles. of the Himalayas for a second. I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> Get way out there. Um, she didn't ask me to sing it, which is a bummer because I did learn it. Oh, look at you. Um, just the first. Nobody, so just the first. But nobody's, I've never heard of anybody have, having to sing it. Well, they, they say you should learn it though. You should learn it. But again, only the first stanza because then it gets, it's like a page long and it gets bloody in there. Um, they asked what the 14th of July represents, not even phrase in a more difficult way than that wow um they asked me who the president is they asked me who the prime minister is who's the prime minister right now yep we lost sexy philippe so i don't remember actually i was gonna look this up earlier just because i knew you're gonna ask me (laughs) who's the prime minister right now uh elizabeth Bourne. oh i did okay yep which is great because it's a woman um what associations she asked what associations i'm a part of you want to have a good answer for that one because from what I've read almost everyone gets asked that because that's how they really gauge if you're like integrating well into French society what kind of associations does she mean Um, association à but non lucratif so um, any volunteering stuff you might do for an association Um, you know if you ever want to do anything to any of so we've Joshua and I have an association right now Compagnie Clapotie that we just created in October for our theater adventures, and so thankfully I was able to say, look, I'm president of this, um, and I mentioned Signet as an association that it was part right. of. Kind of like non-profits, um, basically. It is literally non-profits, a boot non-lucrative non-profit. And then I told her the name of, like, a dog. There's an association that I need to text her about that I'd like to join, which basically you get a WhatsApp about a dog that's lost in the 10th R&D small. And then if you're there, you hit the ground and you look for it. Um, that's so nice that's one. a really cool thing. Yeah. Um, so, but have an answer for that. I don't know if you do anything with any associations right now, but if you do ever want to do anything for us. I guess so. We'll figure it out. You can even fudge it a little bit. There you go. Whatever. No, so you we're have not some, fudging never, anything. Never, we would never. Mm. Um, but any volunteer thing you do for a company. No, and I'd like to. It's quite important because it just sort of shows that you're you're wanting to be a part of society more than just it's living just your funny life to me that that taxes. would be a question because my experience in france is they make it so hard to volunteer but you can also say by comparison to like growing i did nothing yeah. but volunteer growing up and in college and everything else i mm-hmm. lived i volunteered four years of my life to a medical ngo and so like it's definitely been a huge part of my life until france where it's like mm-hmm. the few times i've kind of tried it's been such a process to even help so you might, Very curious have you this. heard of the website, um, I think it's Je Veux Aider? 
I have, yeah. I've never so looked into it. That's just got a list of people looking for help. All right, let's try it. Um, and you've also got Nadine, who helps run a non for profit. That's right. They collect uh, winter clothes every winter. I have um, run refugees. some stuff for that, but I'm not so, associated with it. Yeah. I know, but it's just saying if you if you know some people that are part of it, you can start to do that in the next six months, sure. and then you'll have, you know answers and you'll also feel good about yourself as a person because you're no. doing good things i'm that's hoping to volunteer more actually. so i'll text you oh wait what i said that's a whole other conversation actually but depends what it is time. i think well it depends on what it is but it's also that yeah it's a whole other conversation it's funny you have a lot of history there we too don't so. have time to get into it but okay what else did she ask you next time i'm still um, nibbling on the cheese over here mm. on the side it's a very tasty collection but i think people also say associations because i think technically like, tennis clubs Things like that are associations. Oh, so it can just be a club or something. I think clubs. That's why clubs you are usually clubs are usually registered as, as associations. Okay, that's why I was like, oh, so you're, they, they yeah. mean it's specifically a nonprofit. So yeah. if you were to be a member of a club, okay, that makes a lot. But of an sense. association is a nonprofit. It's a weird thing over here that you can be an association, right. and literally anyone can declare an association. Right. They legally they have to let every single person who wants to do it. I'm going to create ten of them um, by the time this. They asked the nationalities of friends in my inner circle. Oh, yeah. Rather they asked, not specifically, but they yeah. did ask. Do you mostly have French, French mostly international or a mix. And I said, yeah. it's a mix. I said, depending on what. Because it is. It's a huge mix, as yep. it usually is for, for international. Yep. Um, Mine is a mix. For international people. So that's a good thing to say. But if they push, it's always good to lean to like oh, French or French-speaking countries. tell you about all countries. my French friends. Belgium. I have lots of French friends. And then, yeah, and then why do I want to be friends? Um, they didn't ask. So <laughs> this is all the things that I learned. My best friends are French, actually. Yeah. See, so there you, you go. I'm good. It's all, it's all real. It's inner circle is actually all French now that I think <clears throat> about it. I guess I'm not part of your inner circle. Not yet. Not it's yet. You'll be French. It's, French. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it's funny because when I was sort of worrying about all this with Joshua, he, he sat me down and he was like, Emily, you don't really need to stress when you're answering these questions because right. for you, it's genuine. You've been here for nearly a decade. Yep. You genuinely want to be French. You've created a life here. We want a future here. Like you're not someone who's coming to the country two years ago and is like, mm, I just kind of don't want to be with the old visa stuff right. or want to get, I don't know what else you would want to be French for. Um, and I think it's the same with you. You've yep. created this life here. You, you're it well integrated into the system and it's just about showing them that you're not trying to like pull one over anyone. Yeah, of course. No, so it's I, just about I, being honest. I, I really honestly feel like I belong here and I'm not yeah. stressing about this yeah. any, at all. The only thing I'm stressing about this whole process is literally just getting the dossier finished. And once that's done, I will feel great. Is it ever done? That's a good question. It sounds like the answer is no. Well, well I just sent him my last documents. You think that. And Wait she said she was going to send it off. <laughs> yeah. As far as she's concerned, it's complete. But she said, "You never know if the minister of course, yeah. is going to need something." That's, else. that's just part of the process. But I think for me, my life is here. I have years left on my visa. I know I'm going to yeah. get renewed. Like I'm not. I feel. I think when you first come here, at least for me, and I was abused when I first came here by this. Like I was in the prefecture every three months. And they literally would tell me, like, "We don't know why you're here. We don't believe you belong here. Like, what? What are you?" They they were really, really genuinely abusive, and it, I had to do that for a year. So I was always on my back foot and very much felt like I was always under risk of getting kicked out, which also tied in very closely to like just where I was at in life in mm-hmm. general, on the verge of going bankrupt, on the verge of so many things in my life were just not good, and so. Over the course of the years that I've been here, I've steadily gained the confidence through the process of revisiting the system mm-hmm. and establishing myself here. And, you know, to the, la- the point that the last time I wanted to renew my visa, I forgot my passport and like my, I think my identity card. Like I forgot, I just didn't bring yeah. anything with me. And I don't know why. Like I just remember being in line and being like, oh, you know, like just like what? Like I, and I was like, well, you know what? I'm here. 
Like, let's just yeah. see what happens. And I didn't actually stress that much. And I got in there and I was like, yeah, I forgot my password. Like, that's fine. Like they were, they were, you know, they, they didn't, it just all worked out. Then they took yeah. my, they're like, we'll just fingerprint you. And they didn't. And then they gave me my card and I was good to go. That so way they have records of everything too. So, yeah. and I knew walking in, so I had copies. I took photos of every single page. I filled up every single page at my old passport. Mm. One, because when you're over here, you kind of travel a lot because everything's more accessible, but also because it was visa, 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 ofi, ofi. And then finally I would oh, start to get yeah. cards. But when I was first here, it was still stickers of oh, visa. So like yeah. half my passport pages. I didn't have to do any of are that. stickers. Yeah. I skipped me. the OFI. You skipped the OFI? I had to you do, skipped the tuberculosis scan after Ophi six months of being here. For, um, I had to do <laughs> OFI for remarkable. the Tepif, but not for my <clears throat> talent visa. Wow, that's funny because I definitely did it for Tepif, but I also did it in Paris, which means that you did it I must have had to do it. Liberale. Not Professor Liberal. No, no, no. Student but it would have been my student visa. Of course, yeah. yeah my student visa. It's, it's like, stu- I think it's all the quote unquote lower level visas. Mm-hmm. You have to do it. And the, they were talking about like the Bureau of like Immigration Affairs yeah. that can also test your language, of, your level of French. They can do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they still do like x-ray tuberculosis scans. But you've been here for so long already. It's like, what? I'm probably uh, tuberculosis free. You brought TB free. with you. I probably what don't have consumption. it. <laughs> hey. um, I think I did have to do a TB test. Did I have to do a TB test for my application? I might have had to do one in the States, but they just did a skin test, the normal one. I don't remember. It's I don't been, think it's been I a long had time. to do that. I don't think but, I uh, but that's fine because I didn't get x-rayed for it because x-rays are not mm. the way to do a tuberculosis test anyways. That's another conversation, but it's, it, I, it, it is a way to do it, but it's I much simpler than that today in the modern era. Anyways, all that to say, I'm actually in a place uh, where I feel really good about how things are coming together personally, and I'm really looking forward to it. It helps to have friends who've gone through it are going through it um, or are going to go through it. I have a whole cohort around me right now mm. in one part of the process or the other. And so it also helps you not feel totally alone. And um, and I think it is that thing where after you've lived here for a while, it is the final test of whether or not you can handle the bureaucracy, right? Oh, yeah. Where can you actually get through this or not? And I'm in a place where like, yeah, it's annoying, but of course I can get through it. But I don't think the bureaucracy of applying for citizenship is that difficult. See, if but you've also you've been done... here a long time. Exactly. I think that it's probably most difficult for people who are maybe <clears throat> new to France, but are doing it because of familial reasons, you know, who are coming right. over for a marriage or something and they're new to everything in this country. Way more intimidating, yeah. And of course they're doing it because it's great. Like you can get citizenship through marriage. Yeah, but they still have to be here for a few years. But the difference I think with that is a lot of people who come for like a marriage, like they, they have family here who do everything for them. Yeah, that's probably And I think the too. difference is if you've been here and you've had to make your own way, mm-hmm. you have assimilated far more than you realize and then compare yourself to somebody who has had a job or a spouse or whatever that's been able to step in and support or do everything for them, yeah, you're going to flail. And I think that also because you have to do it by yourself, like the citizenship interview, you can't bring someone no, with you. No, no, you have to. And, well, I think for marriage... You might be there together. But marriage, again, citizenship is different, isn't it? Because like... Yeah, it's not naturalized. Yeah, it's not naturalization. That's just your visa. Like your visa process, you can bring a lawyer, you can bring whoever. But like if you... I was told by an immigration lawyer, like if you bring a lawyer with you to your naturalization, like you're done. Like they, they're going to look at you and be like, why do you need them? Ooh. You should be integrated. Yeah. Right? So like that was their take on it. So anyways, I think that like if you do... It's the hard work up front, but like as you, as you lean in and that... And you should, I think... There's a level of integration that you should do to become a citizen, right? Like, I will always be American 
and French. Like yep. French will always be second because I spent most of my life, my youth was in America. Mm-hmm. I've had an adulthood overseas and I've been Frenchified in a lot of ways. I've definitely yeah. integrated a lot and I'm a Parisian at the, at the base of it. I'm an international yeah. Parisian, but I'm definitely a Parisian. Like I've changed a lot and um, that does not make me French. That makes me Parisian, but the, at, very, at, different at, things. At the very different things. But at the end of the day, like that I, I think I'm starting to understand actually how much closer to it that I really am where I, I used to feel like, Oh, but am I really French? Am I really like, do I really deserve this passport? Mm-hmm. And in a lot of ways, depending on who's defining it, you know, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'll never be as French as the friends that I have who grew up here in that way. Like I'll never have the same references and the same like depth of knowledge, right. but um, that's not what's being asked. And I think there is a level of assimilation that happens where I will never lose the identity that is uniquely mine, but a part of that, a big part of that uniquely mine identity is the, they are, it, that is the part of me or the parts of me that have become much more French. Yes. So anyways, thanks for coming on to talk about French, uh, the Frenchification and eating almost all of the cheeses. <laughs> Do you want to try the blue? Just for the, the people no. that stuck around to the very end no, of the podcast? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Right. I don't want to. One of these days. It'd be good for if you. If I ever do, I'll film it, and you can just like slip it in somewhere. It's not gonna. No, that's okay. No pressure. We will. We're we're in an um, an accepting of all cheese preferences <laughs> podcast. Someday you should. Someday because I will. it's it's here. I think. Well, I will say this. I say you should. I don't believe you should ever tell people that they should do anything. So I will take that back. Thank you. Should is only for me. Uh, but I will say day. that the philosophy that I have pushed on myself mm-hmm. for the last few years this really paid off is that anytime there's a, a food or a drink or anything that I know I don't like the only person that's missing out is me and I would like to train myself to at least appreciate it even if I don't like it uh, because I'm the only one that's missing out that's and it served me well because it's I've learned to like dead. things like blue cheese which I used to hate there's a like yeah. there's a lot of this cheese that like used to intimidate me and now I just I can love it all I will say that part of coming over to France it, it has completely changed my relationship with food being yeah. in this country um, in part because they don't they don't put up with you asking for changes at a restaurant you yeah. get what you get and you eat it and that was tough the first few years and then um, now I will eat what's in front of me and I've learned like a lot of things that I never liked and I'm blue cheese I'll get there eventually um, and there's just a lot of great cuisine here there's a lot of good a lot food of experimental so stuff happening food. that's actually a good point but we should put that in the don't be that tourist video we're gonna among the videos we're making mm-hmm. the, is, don't send don't ask for this just and that. a forewarning mm-hmm. that usually you can't send food back for changes and it's hard to customize depends on where you are mm-hmm. but generally you can't customize your food and that's a good thing because isn't part of travel experiencing new food I would say yes and, and learning no. and because I also think that like, I also think that if I, I would say I, I agree with that in the sense of like, let me, I do want to try it the way you're presenting it. But mm-hmm. if I don't like that, there's nothing wrong with me saying, could you just remove this one part of it? Right. But do you think, I kind of think it's, it's, it's this wave in the States where it's not even necessarily that we're asking for changes in our food because we don't like it. It's more that we might not feel like it in the moment or want to cut out this type of food group, like carbs or Again, meat what, or whatever. What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that yeah. necessarily. You choose what goes in your body, but I understand asking for something to not be in your food because you generally don't like it or you have an allergy or something. Sure. But if not, you should. I, you, it's good you know, to be open to it's try good things. Good to try things the way that they're. I agree. This is a customer service traveling. question, though. For me, it's a customer service question. Yeah, but With, is that a question in France? Uh, it's a, it's an ongoing nightmarish <laughs> question. 
And so I definitely, yeah. I've come around because I'm willing to try anything. But like at the same time, if I would like, you know, a Hawaiian pizza with red sauce, not white sauce for whatever reason, like well, I don't think that should be so here. bizarre. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, anyways, that's quite the note to end things on. Thanks for listening. If you're listening to this a little bit later, make sure you jump on patreon.com slash Swanson and you can hear all these podcast episodes as they come out live and up front. And you don't have to. You can still get them five or six months later. But by the time you're listening to this on the public feed, I might already be a citizen for all you know. Yeah, me too. It's very likely that you will be. We'll see what's happening with my... If you want to get caught up and you want to know, hey, did Jay get in for his interview yet or not? Mm. If you're listening to this when it went live on the public feed... It means that and that question might already have been answered on the Patreon feed, so jump on over there. Anyways, welcome to Season 3, The Road to Citizenship. We'll see you again here real soon. In two weeks, exactly. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, Emily. Yeah, thanks for having me. There we go. <laughs> I was like, pause. Pause.